Welcome to episode 165 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybok, and joining me this fine evening is my lovely co-host, Spirit. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? Hi. Um, I was... You know, you'd think after 165-odd episodes, I would have a good answer to that question. I still don't. Every time it takes me by surprise. Yeah. I never have anything prepared. Yeah, it's actually that's actually one of the easier parts now that I'm the one doing the introducing. Like I don't ever I don't ever have to ask, like answer that question. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to start. And how are you doing today, Grybach, my uh, lovely co-host? I'm pretty good. I ate a whole bunch of Greek food, and uh, it was you know the best and worst decision I've made in a couple days. So you know, I approve. Yeah. Um, so, this is going to be a little bit of a weird episode. Uh, obviously, it's just a dual cast with the two of us. Um, also, Heart of Thorns is coming out really, really freaking soon. Uh, 11, 12 days and counting. Um, Super fast. Yeah. and Too many also, days and not enough days at the same time. Yeah, and because of that, our schedules are going to be a little bit wonky in regards to when we're going to be podcasting. So, we'll get into that a little bit later, but... Uh, there's also kind of not a lot to talk about in terms of news, uh, so I think we're going to mostly be doing a little bit of a retrospective um, on how the release cycle has gone up to launch and sort of our overall feelings now that it's almost upon us, um, so that kind of stuff. Um, the, the, main, the main news article, I would say, this week was the article on the Exalted and I know that Spirit has a lot stronger feelings on them than I do, so why don't you uh why don't you say what you want to say about them? Um I think if it hadn't been two weeks before launch, I would have been a lot more excited to see this article. But I feel that in this close of proximity and with as much mystery surrounding the exalted as there has been it was a bit spoilery and in poor taste. And I was a little bit sad to see, like I kind of skimmed it because I felt like we would talk about it on the show. Um, so I have a rough idea what's going on there, but I didn't really get too in depth or think too much about it. Cause that's kind of something I would have preferred to find out on my own, uh, which is a shame, but the details are out there. If you want to learn about them, they are not, uh, I guess this is a bit spoiler. They're not in line with the, majority of community speculation which was kind of interesting um it was kind of out of left field i would say yeah um i yeah i haven't i was i was a bit surprised by it um i'm not i guess i guess how spoilery it is is going to depend on exactly how much we learn in game uh which brings up sort of its own topic of that, that we keep bringing up about uh, storytelling out of game versus in game, so it may not be that spoilery in the sense that they may not cover any of this stuff in game, uh, which would be a little weird. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't. I don't. Uh, I really need to find another word. Um, <laughs> I say that word all the time. <laughs> uh, I. It doesn't really bother me. I guess the the some of this knowledge, but it is. It does seem a little bit strange. I guess we have gotten some somewhat in-depth articles on all of the other sort of quote jungle allies yeah the ones we have um 
basically tracks for, I guess. Right. So, I mean, I guess in that sense, it kind of actually falls into line with what we already have. I think it's just that people don't attach an air of mystery to frogmen. <laughs> so, um, but these guys' obvious aesthetic similarities to Mursat and the jade armors and stuff like that sort of, I think, I don't know, sort of built up a an extra layer of interest because of the referential potential to guild wars one yeah yeah i think yeah i i would say that the what has been revealed about them doesn't preclude ties to guild wars one right and well like, i there's mean there still already is definitely... a tie to guild wars one right there's just not there's the one still... we were expecting <laughs> yeah there's still definitely potential for good stories to come out of them it's just not the ones we were expecting i guess yeah exactly or yeah yeah exactly or i mean and maybe yeah maybe that's related but yeah it's um you know it's it's interesting lore i suppose it but yeah i don't know i there's there's not a whole much to say about it especially if any of the listeners haven't like haven't read it and or don't want spoilers so i think we're probably gonna pretty much just leave it at that yep uh, also, Enhanced Squad UI is coming a few weeks after launch. Um, my understanding was that the stuff, like, the phrasing was a little ambiguous. My understanding was that what we saw in Beta Weekend 3 is coming at launch, and then there are a few additional features um, that are going to be released for it later on. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I expect some iteration on some of these systems that we've seen in the Beta Weekends. You know, I mean, I, yeah, that doesn't sound too surprising. Um, yeah, I, I guess, so, I mean, I guess at this point, like I said, there's, there's not a whole lot to talk about this week. So you were sort of talking before the show about sort of, uh, a retrospective based on our initial impressions of the announcement and how we feel. Actually, it's been almost a year since the announcement, I think. Um, yeah, it was early January or mid January. Oh, was it mid January? Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was thinking, I was thinking winter, which like in then in my mind backdates winter to like november but that's that's not how dates work so yeah um oh man i'm i'm good at dates uh do you want to start or do you have any questions or any any thought-provoking discussion topics uh so i wanted to talk a little bit about just to like take a moment and think about the game in general um and where we're at now with that compared to where we were a few years ago. Because we didn't really... I, that's something we usually do around anniversaries. I think we kind of skipped over that this year. Um, so yeah, I I say it time and time again, but nothing makes me appreciate Guild Wars 2 more than going to another MMO. And incidentally, I'm downloading Wildstar as we speak. Um, so that's going to be an adventure. But... <laughs> uh, the things it offers, and I mean, it started out good, and it's only gotten better over the years um, in terms of the the kind of systems that it, it promotes and how it respects your time and your, yeah, I guess I, I didn't really think about how to phrase this, but like things like the wardrobe and the convenience features that it offers and the fact that you can... You can do every class on every race, and there's no real difference in, um, you know, picking your race only as cosmetic, and there is so many cosmetic options, and it's updated uh, 
by and large, frequently. I know that's changed kind of in the last year, which might be a discussion topic in its own right. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, I'm just like, overall, Guild Wars 2 started out as a really good game, and it's only gotten better, in my opinion, uh, since... Since after they announced Ascended Items. <laughs> that was a that was a dip. <laughs> I will I will ride that sinking ship to the grave. Um <laughs> But no, I I do know what you're saying. I agree. Oh uh, and it's you know, for any flaws that Guild Wars has, and, and every game has flaws, I don't mean that as a specific pejorative, but for, for any flaws mm-hmm. that it has, Guild Wars two has always had in my mind the some of the greatest quality of life enhancements to mmos that have come out in literally a decade like the the combination of all of these systems and and you know it sort of ties in because a lot of a lot of people you know say that we have the friendliest mmo community out there and i think there definitely is a moderate to large degree of credit we can attribute to ArenaNet in how they've designed their systems to be so cooperative. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I mean, the even if you're a magnanimous person and like you know nice and don't whatever you know whatever you're you're a good nice person like it gets frustrating to have people ninja your loot nodes or ninja your loot or whatever. Yeah. Like, all of these things like it it just. They're designed to make you salty at each other for no particular reason, and it almost they almost add these elements of like player versus player in order to access things that are from the environment. And Guild Wars Two has has always been extremely good about eliminating as many of those barriers as possible, and it you know it still lives up to seeing other people is always a good thing. So, um, yeah, I mean that's and that's. They've extended that as well to convenience features. Uh, I th- I think the wardrobe is a, an extremely good system. Uh, I, I, yeah, just just a huge improvement over how transmutation stones used to be, and even transmutation stones mm-hmm. were very good compared to uh, many other games. You know, I mean, a lot of games now have like transmogrification or whatever, uh, but the wardrobe and the die system, the die system is really good. Like, yeah. Yeah, anyway, all those things. Those are things that we I still to this day like really appreciate and really think that ArenaNet hit it out of the park with and it's it blows my mind to see new MMOs come out that have taken so little from so many of those concepts. Yeah. Actually, I was just going to bring that up cuz I feel like I haven't been watching super closely, but um a lot of the the MMOs on the like I'm really interested to see how games go forward from here and whether they do they do implement anything um that Guild Wars 2 has has done i think um like the like the taking off of the di- the dynamic event system has been uh incorporated in a few games and i don't necessarily think that that's because Guild Wars 2 did that great and they were like oh yeah i think it was just kind of a general trend of the industry in general evolution of technology and, and yeah. design concepts yeah but Things like the wardrobe and cooperative nature and the way um personal yeah, the tables way, like yeah that's a huge stuff like one. that I'm really curious to see the next step in that, and I feel like the mmos at least the big ones, the ones that are big enough to get my attention and have me read articles about them um when I'm not necessarily looking for stuff about new mmos coming out 
uh, I, I'm not seeing that. Yeah. Which is sad, I guess. I yeah. mean, yeah. I'm I mean, at a, a big point part where... A big part of it, though, is like development windup. You know, there's a lot of these systems you can't just patch on because they do have an effect on things like the economy. And you can't yeah. just like make quick like hard, like quick and fast decisions with the economy because that will just screw everything up. Uh, so the fact that you have the fact that everybody gets their own instances of nodes and of loot rolls and all of those things like dramatically shift the way that you have to build your economy and your um money sinks if you have them or decide which things are bound or your loot table like drop rates or you know all of all of those things are are greatly impacted by these systems and so because mmos take you know frequently five plus years to develop guild wars 2 has been out only only air quotes three years but that means that some mmos that are coming out right now were in development for two years before guild wars 2 even came out so you know, in, in a lot of ways, it doesn't surprise me that they aren't they aren't everywhere yet. But I think in the next couple of years, more and more things are going to be taken, especially the ones that you can't just sort of strap onto a game. Yeah, I hope so. I yeah, there's nothing on the horizon that is super appealing to me right now. There's some stuff I'll definitely try, or you know, I'm I'm kind of watching with a slight interest, but nothing that. Um, nothing like pre-launch Guild Wars 2 where I was like, yeah, this is a game I'm I'm willing to really sink some time into. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if ironic is the right word, but ironically, Destiny implements a fair number of those types of things as well, um, at least to some extent, that Guild Wars 2 has, which I actually think is kind of funny because technically it's not an MMO, but it has so many MMO design decisions. And I, I mm -hmm. talked about it ages ago, like, probably a year ago, how funny it was to see people that have never played an MMO like struggling with these concepts that are very clearly straight out of the <laughs> MMO playbook and like and you know also just how funny it is when they get like frustrated or amazed by the way that people behave I'm like this is ex this is straight out of an MMO of course it is yeah. um but you know like there's uh there's loot there's uh there's like harvesting nodes in Destiny and they everybody gets their own loot off of it uh, it it's not exactly the same because the the node will disappear after about 10 seconds after the first person has harvested it. So if you don't get to it kind of quickly, then it goes away and just spawns somewhere else. But if you're all standing around it or you see somebody grabbing one, like you can just you can also go get your own. Um, so it has that idea. Everybody gets your own loot table rolls, you know. So if you you kill a boss, you all just get your own separate instance loot. Like you can all get jackpots or you can all get garbage or some combination uh it, it has two blues and a green syndrome uh not just saying um but uh yeah i mean a lot of those systems that the guild wars 2 did really well actually destiny did did implement uh, a fair number of those types of things so that's uh it's always interesting it's it's good to it's good to see those concepts put into other things which so i i like yeah. that um but uh Anyway, that's now. Now we're off topic. Um, sort of. Uh, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't really have a plan. Yeah. How can we? How can you? How can you be on topic if there is no topic? I don't know. I'm talking about Destiny in a Guild Wars podcast. Um, who knows? Um, yeah. I'm, well, so. To, oh, go ahead. Okay. Well, to bring it back to Guild Wars, um, the game is now three years old, and while it is a great game, a uh, three-year-old game is starting to get up there. Um, so we've got our first expansion on the horizon, but what do you think about, like, what does the next three years look like for Guild Wars 2? Oh, that, 
is a tough question and i know that you know that's tough for me um, i know i do i do i asked that fully understanding that you were gonna go oh shit so i think two of the most important questions based on how the past three years have gone are will ArenaNet support the new systems that they are adding which is not something that they've done historically with all the new systems that were theoretically very expandable and extensible. So will mm-hmm. they really do it this time? Because they say for realsies this time. And the second question is whether what what the timeline looks like for the the inevitable next expansion. Like are yeah. we are we thinking it will be another three years? Or are we thinking that they had to spend a lot of these first three years doing things other than the expansion before they started working on the ex- Like, the question is, how long have they been working on the expansion? And we have no real way of knowing that. Obviously, right. they've been working on it for at least a year because they announced it a year ago or almost a year ago. Um, but we don't know how long or how many resources they had working on it before then. And then I guess as sort of a sub-question on that, like if they if the expansion does really well and everybody's really happy with it what will be the balance of like living story style content with and then future expansion content because i think we can all agree that this has been a pretty dry 9 months in in game like out of game their their news releases have been fantastic like i actually am super pleased with the info cycle that we've gotten ever since they announced because much like the last year leading up to the release, they've done a really good like info drip and mm-hmm. been very clear, open, excellent communication. So, uh, but in game, you know, we they've basically battened down the hatches for the past nine months and not like basically not released anything, and that mm-hmm. makes it hard to keep playing once you're like as you said, it's it's a three year old game. Like most of us that are still playing and or are like hardcore or are podcasting like there's only so many things there are left to do which is to say there are not very many things left to do that we haven't already done a lot of times so Mm -hmm. you know how is that how's that balance going to play out and and we don't really know the answer to that and and a lot of those as i said are unknowns because we don't know the behind the scenes of how long they've been working on these things and what other technical details they've done my so what I guess I would say my hope is, because obviously I can't answer this in full detail because I don't know Jack, uh, my hope would be that we would get another expansion in maybe a year and a half. Um, you know, maybe start some teams working on the next one right now, but then in between we would get some living story. I don't think they're ever going to go back to the two weeks living story cadence because that seemed to just kill them. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of problems with that. But if we got some living story interspersed and they started working on the expansion right away, and then maybe we had a six month downtime between like maybe, you know, like the last, maybe they did their crunch the last six months as in, instead of the last like nine months that would be my hope. So in a year and a half, we would have another expansion and another, you know, dozen living story chapters between now and then. Um, and obviously expanding on some of these other systems that they've talked about, like, you know, raid wings and those types of things. I don't expect them to really add new masteries uh, until they add a new region. But I would hope that in expansion two, we would get 
uh, you know, new masteries, new elite specializations, things like that. Ex- expand on these systems that they have built on. So that's that's my like one and a half to two years like hopeful hopeful blueprint. Okay. Yeah. No. I yeah. I think you really touched on on all the salient points that I had. Um, basically, are they going to actually support what they say they're going to support? That uh, that's going to be pretty much a deal breaker for me. I'm I'm probably going to say not like. I'm going to suddenly like rage quit the game, but if yeah. <laughs> they keep making promises and then not delivering on them, then I'm really going to start looking for alternatives. Actually, I've been, um, as of October 4th, I've been in Relics for six years now. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously I've really enjoyed my time here and I, I really like like doing things. Um, but I'm also at a point where I'm starting to look for something new and just to work on other projects because that's, you know, how people grow and develop. So I'm thinking if, if they can't, they can't deliver on those promises, then that's going to be a strong impetus that pushes me away from, from doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. From the level of involvement you're currently maintaining. Yeah. Correct. Cause yeah. I, I mean, and this is another thing in Guild Wars's favor is like, even if they can't or don't, you know, keep up with what they promised they would do and actually build on this stuff. I don't think either of us is actually going to quit this game. We're probably going to not play it very much. Like, we'll play Absolutely. it when new stuff comes out. But I don't yeah. think either of us is ever going to actually quit this game. And... Yeah, I think as long as they as long as long they continue to put content out, whether or not, um, especially story stuff, because that's what interests me, or that's what will draw me back to the game most. It's sort of universally it's sort of universally applicable. Like everybody is yeah. fine, is like happy to like learn more story. Yeah. yeah. So I think as long as they, they continue to do stuff like that, I will always um continue to at least check in from time to time. Um, but definitely the hardcore like podcasting weekly and you know, as much involvement as I have as a as a guild leader right now, I think that would that would really go away if they can't um expand on the systems and provide things to keep me engaged because we've been not to like lay down an ultimatum or something but we've been really patient uh over the last few years as they they kind of work out what they're doing and the game you know despite uh having introducing these great quality of life features and um you know there was some bumpy roads with the the new player experience which have mostly by and large been smoothed out i do have to say like it it wasn't great when it happened but now with the free to play and stuff, it's gotten much better. Well, the the biggest change on that point, as a short aside, in my opinion, is the the move to a mastery system instead of the trait system, because mm-hmm. the the mastery the mastery and the skill training, like they sort of combine those into one concept, sort of. But having having your ma- have, being able to get to level eighty and have enough mastery points to have all of your specializations. Sorry, I'm ah, I'm mixing up the specializations and then like the learning the skills system. The ability, the fact that you can learn all of your abilities and have all of your specializations at level eighty without having done a single hero challenge makes that a much less grindy feeling system. Whereas right. b- before it was like in the, when the new player experience launched, it was like okay pay gold and or skill points in addition to the fact that you're already paying skill points to learn skills and also they have a graduated rate of increase where the later ones cost you literally 30 skill points for a single elite skill and like 30 skill points is not fast to get i mean it's fast if you know exactly what you're doing and you blitz around but even then it's not very rewarding feeling 
um, unless you just go grind champions. So I think all of those, eh, it's not so much exactly that the NPE has smoothed out as much as they have, like, since the NPE came out, they came out with a much better progression system just for the whole game and going forward for post-AD content. Um, but I would agree, I think it's a lot better now. Anyway, sorry. That was yeah, no, I was trying tangent. to figure out how to get back on my train of thought. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Um, I would I would say that also that there have been a few changes that, like, I can't think of any right now. Like, they reduced some of the level, like, the weird level gating. Yeah. Oh, they've they, definitely they improved the some of those too. things, too. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I would just add that. But yeah, anyway, the, the main point was um, quality of life stuff is great, but we really need a big content dump. And that's one of the most exciting things about Heart of Lawrence is that we're just going to get a whole bunch of stuff all at once. Um, and the, uh, like we said, like the news drip and the content drip has been okay. Um, but I don't think, like, we really need some some big content dumps to sustain the the population for a few years to come, I guess is my, my take on what the next few years looks like or what I hope the next few years looks like. Yeah. And it's, again, we still don't have any hard numbers on how long it's going to take to finish your masteries. And I'm, I am intentionally using the right word this time. I don't, I don't know why all these words give me such a mix up. I'm usually pretty good about all that, but um, we, you know, we don't know the final amounts of how much experience it's going to take to, to get your masteries, but it does walk a fine line where if it's, too easy people will feel like they blow through the content super fast and are just like well what now uh but on the other hand if it's really grindy like people will try and grind it out instead of like quote playing naturally and Mm -hmm. then burn themselves out also and say like f that i'm not gonna spend you know I'm not going to spend two years in the freaking Maguma area learning my masteries. Like F that man, that's not, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a very delicate balance point and we, we don't really know how that's going to turn out either. So hopefully it's not crazy, <laughs> especially because yeah. they're regional, like, because as soon as you like get another expansion, all of those are useless in the new area. Um, at least probably. <laughs> the way that they at least think it's going to go going forward but yeah i uh yeah yeah i don't know i i like i agree masters are definitely a thing to work on but i wouldn't consider like that's not something i guess i i consider them non-content because they're more like uh like it is something to work towards but it's not something to do in a sense of like this is unique and different. You are doing other things to obtain the the the, the removal of barriers towards yeah. other content. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't really. Yeah. I no. But, I, no I get absolutely. Saying, like there is a delicate balance point there that yeah. they're really going to have to toe the line with. Because it's not. Yeah. Like you said, it's not a task, but it is a goal. It is a motivator. Like you. You can look yeah. at your masteries and say like, oh man, I have like an hour, basically an hour more of playing before I get this mastery that I've been really looking forward to. And like, yeah, all right, fine. Yeah, let's like, let's do a raid or whatever, because that gives you a bunch of experience. Like it can, it can prompt you into doing more activities because you know that that carrot is coming soon. Yeah. But, but with the big caveat, if it is too onerously slow, 
that's a huge turnoff because you'll just look at it and you'll be like, oh my god, I've been playing for 15 hours and I'm only a quarter of the way to my next mastery point. Like, uh, like you know, I mean, it it may it's almost a turn off from doing events because you like you're like, well, now at this point, I've done this event like a million times and I'm like, yes, theoretically progressing, but at the same time, it takes so long that I'm practically not progressing. So why bother? You know. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, the motivators I definitely also want, but I yeah, I heavily prefer. Um, more content and then you know i i am also a big fan of motivators especially if they're in the form of shiny things like titles exclusive titles or (laughs) legendaries yes also yep um but yeah i'm really hoping for for more content and less motivators but plenty of motivators also Oh, for sure. I mean, I yeah. I don't think you'll ever find somebody arguing for more <laughs> motivators and less content. But you know, um, it's my my point is just that even though it's not content, it can have a positive or adverse effect on existing content just because of how psychology works. Right. Um. But that's you know, that's neither here nor there at this point. But yeah, I uh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, really interesting to see where where things are in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. it's still amazing to me that this game is is three years old. I mean it. Uh, wow, it's aged pretty gracefully, I have to say. Also like, agreed. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's uh, they made some really good decisions in terms of the art style and um, the way the game is designed both from an artistic point and uh, mechanical perspective, that yeah. it will last for a long time, much like Guild Wars 1. I think ArenaNet, just in general, is very good at doing that. Yeah, yeah. Do you realize Guild Wars 2 has been out longer than development was ever happening, or like the new content was coming out for Guild Wars 1? That is... All of Guild Wars 1 was released wow. by last year. It all came out in a two-year time span. I think I would... Even beyond... Oh, no, I'm not counting Beyond. Beyond is... Uh, okay. That doesn't... I mean, obviously, some of Guild Wars Beyond came out, like, just a year before Guild Wars 3 came out, but that's... Guild Wars 3? Guild, Guild Wars 2, yes. Uh, okay. Guild Wars 3. You know. Um, no, I was Charmageddon. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what... Probably Beta Weekend Event 3 stuck in my... Is stuck in my brain for the 3, but... Uh, yeah, no, not, not including that stuff, but that stuff was actually very minor in terms of like content like it was cool right yeah i guess yeah i guess in my mind beyond was um kind of more like a standard uh guild wars 2 content update um where i wasn't around for the expansions dropping i only came in at the end with eye of the north so such a noob (laughs) i know well you know i was 12 when eye of the north came out no no i don't like this game anymore i was in middle school when i got guild wars Okay, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um which reminds me, how long have I been on this show? That feels weird. Um too. at least 2 years, I think. Yeah, probably. It was PAX a few years ago, I think. If I can't remember which year it was. Uh yeah, I want to say PAX. Hmm. It was PAX. It was PAX after the at the end of the first year because 
Super Adventure Box 2 was coming out for Back to School, because... No. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because we... It was after the one where we where they did the Tequadle. No, I don't even remember. Jeez, God. <laughs> wow. Anyway, that's meandering. Um, back to things that we're excited about, though. Uh, um. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to bring up. I remember saying a while ago that few, like when we had four elite specs, people were like, "Which one do you think is great? Which one is blah, blah, blah. But now that we've had a now that we have all uh, we've of seen them, we all can of them comment. <laughs> Yeah, we've seen all of them. We've had a chance to play all of them. I don't know necessarily that both of us have played all of them. I think I think I've at least rolled them and swung their new weapon skills around. Um, <laughs> I haven't. How are you feeling about elite specs and how they're going to translate into making the game better? Why don't you go first? Because I handled the last topic and talked about it a lot, and then I stole half of your answer at least. Uh, okay, Ugh. I think um, currently the existing elite specs are mostly on track with what they want to be, which is a horizontal expansion of a class and not a vertical expansion. Um, I think some of them are pushing too much in the vertical direction, like I because and I like I know there are greater discussions surrounding it, but because Necromancer is balanced in the way that it is, Reaper is Hello? But in... dog, you completely blanked out after because Necromancer is balanced in the way that it is. Oh, my mic just went off? Yeah, it just like Okay, well You're just kidding. Um yeah, <laughs> because, because Necromancer, Necromancer is balanced in the way that it is. Arena <laughs> Net doesn't want me to cricket say noises. <laughs> Um, and the kind of the perception around Necromancer and what it can do in the community, um, Reaper seems very much like a vertical upgrade for Necromancer. Um, I don't, I think it's kind of an outlier case. I think most of them are very, by and large, horizontal. Um, some of them are definitely more interesting than others, which is like, normal variation within a set of classes, right? Like, some are going to appeal more to people than others. Um, but I think going forward, it uh, if they, if we get to Expansion 2 and we get another Elite Spec or 2 for all of them, I think that's when it's really going to shine, so it's still a little bit hard to say that this is you know, the best thing they could have done, but I do think it is currently a really great system, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. Yeah, so springboarding off of that, uh, I agree that the Reaper is the one that by far feels like the most vertical upgrade, and a, a big part of that is because the Necromancer, historically, has not really had any role other than just damage. Like, you know, I mean, it, we've discussed it to death, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't do, uh, it doesn't do support. And it kind it does a lot of soft control, and then it has a lot of cripples and chills and that kind of stuff. But a lot of the time, mm -hmm. those which were, for the record, in case anybody has not realized this about Spirit and I, we're only talking about PVE, um, because yeah. in PVP that's a whole different story. Uh, and I actually love my Necromancer in World v World, like it's friggin' awesome. Uh, but in PVE, it's not. Uh, so because of that. 
I think that the Reaper, and because the Reaper is not a support spec like the Druid is, which I'll I'll get into that whole thing in a second, but because it is doing the same role as the Necromancer is designed for, but it also has to be doing something that is not accounted for already by the Necromancer, it almost necessitates being an upgrade because like uh i i mean yeah i yeah i i would love it if there were some more quality of life fixes to some of the older core necromancer skills and traits and things like that to maybe make that more of a compelling decision but especially because of the condition damage versus power split like dichotomy between several of the trait lines like you just won't take this trait line if you're doing a power build and you won't take this trait line if you're doing a condi build just period um that alone almost gives you like a freebie trait line that is just like not even in consideration so Mm -hmm. i think that heavily contributes to it i will say though they have done a lot of really good things um as of bwe3 uh I didn't test it out, but corrosive cloud uh, destroying projectiles is huge for us because that has always been a, a huge gripe of mine is that like projectile mitigation, typically in the form of reflects, but now in some other forms with with this and with the druid is huge because there are so many things that do such terrifyingly huge projectiles and being able to just like completely shut those down is an enormous amount of, of party support and mitigation. So putting an effect like that on the corrosive cloud is super awesome. And uh, changing uh, Feast of Corruption to add a Torment bomb is fantastic because we had very little access to Torment and Torment is one of the go-to damage conditions. And Necromancers had not great bleed application compared to a lot of classes that stack bleeds because they stack it faster. Uh, So, but the addition of the Torment bomb uh, means that we get to keep our somewhat slow and steady condition application and our condition shuffling, but also actually having a good spike of of another damaging condition. So they they are doing a lot of good things um, to the to the core class. So I I really do like that. Uh, I think the biggest areas of improvement would be to make some changes to minions and those types of things that would make you want to take three necromancer line like if they made it so that the a minion master that was not a reaper because it like had some really good synergies within the necromancer baseline um could could be really cool and or blood magic like if if they if they wanted to have like a sort of three trait setup that is really strong that doesn't use reaper um the, but that isn't just a pure you know zerker or condi you know build then Mm -hmm. then they could do that but but i think that short of that yeah it's it is the case that you said like reaper just is such a huge damage improvement and you know all of those things and it's just effing cool um yeah whereas a lot of the other ones a lot of classes had are are really tight and then this is something that we were talking about way back then is that it's going to depend on how strong they are and how that affects builds that had very narrow builds because of how strong the traits were, but were across three lines. So some some professions obviously are going to get away, like get out of that much better than others, if you will. Um, but I also agree that once we get once or 
ideally, once we get additional elite specializations, that's when it's really going to come into its own because, um, you know, I've I've floated around a few times. If you wanted to do a support necromancer, it would be a ritualist. Like necromancer already has the perfect fluff to have a like crazy healing spirit like ritualist style mm-hmm. build because of the fluff like overlap i mean obviously necromancers and ritualists were distinct entities in guild wars one but they're both sort of that spirit undeady you know type of thing yeah actually you weren't with us the other day when i floated the idea about necro banners were you uh-uh. uh, i just thought it was interesting that it overlapped because somebody asked i don't remember who it was but somebody asked on mumble the other day um you know if if you're going to give banners to another profession, what would it be? And I said necro, but in the form of ashes, like a ritualist oh, ashes instead awesome. of yeah um, banners. Yeah, I don't. I just thought that was interesting because we had just talked about that the other day in a completely unrelated conversation. Yeah, um, but actually, I like that you. I don't know. I had a, a train of thought that went on from that, but I I wanted to bring it back to, um, for elite specs in general. Uh, another. Oh yeah, I'm glad that you brought it back to. Um, the next elite spec because I feel like some of them are a definite variation in play style from what we've had. Mm-hmm. But I feel or like some of them like are the are the elite specs we deserve, but not the ones we need right now. Like Daredevil is great, but it doesn't address the problem that thieves have with long range combat. Yeah. Um, which is uh, like one of the reasons people were really hoping we'd get rifle. Um, so once we have a couple choices, I'm hoping that'll be more rounded out. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and and to sort of bring that back again, both to you know future next elite specializations and also bringing vastly different options. I think that the druid will at least hopefully be a really interesting template of how you can give a you know the druid is almost the complete opposite of the reaper in that the reaper is like more of the same of necromancer except really really scary good and the druid is completely different from the ranger like and Mm -hmm. hopefully also really good hopefully it's not opposite in how good it is but it is definitely a complete polar opposite of how you played ranger like you just rangers were not a like healing and supporting i mean they kind of could do like spirit buffs if i guess and like the healing spring but Mm -hmm. compared to the amount that a druid is outputting in sheer healing and and those types of things is yeah i would say i would say it is the biggest difference between the base and the specializations of all of of all of them would would you agree with that yeah yeah um and just i mean just its existence excites me a lot to see what we'll get in the future because like yeah i mean you could get that like ranged snipery type of thief build or you could get i don't know i mean the fact that they'll add something like the shroud you know means that they also might do something crazy like maybe if if they're worried about a thief having too much utility by having a really strong um ranged option with also all of the escapes or also the ability to do its melee the way that it does like maybe even they could do something crazy like change thieves abilities to weapon swap or something like if and and vice versa like maybe they could add weapon swapping mm-hmm. to one of the classes that doesn't have it in their elite specialization yeah. if it's balanced around that yeah um, the the uh daredevil getting the extra dodge and the scrapper with the extra utility um the extra f skill 
is very telling of kind of how far they're willing to go with that. Yeah. And well, that and the shroud, a lot of the whole shroud mechanic, that. like that's <laughs> like a shroud that buffs up or that charges based on how much you heal and then gives you a completely new set of skills like on F. I mean, oh, right. For some reason, I thought you were just talking about Reaper Shroud, not um, Celestial Form. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Celestial Form is definitely a, a standout there. Is it, Yeah, it's a huge difference in, in class mechanic. Like, way more than, say, Berserker. I mean, Berserker's different, but, you know, uh, the Celestial Avatar or whatever is, is crazy different. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, and like, gosh, what if they introduced more weapons, <laughs> like, in the future? Like, yeah, weapon types? Yeah, I've been wondering about that, too. Yeah. Like would they would they apply them retroactively to existing classes? Yeah, I don't know. I would think one that of the if great, they ever great, do, great, great. they yeah, would they would do like two or three new weapons and then distribute them among the classes so like each class gets at, gets at least one new weapon from the new mm-hmm. weapon types. Um which may be why they haven't done it, you know, but and and the, again, who knows? Who knows if they'll ever do it, but it would be cool. It would be really cool. Yeah. But yeah, like I was going to say, one of the really great things about elite specializations is the way they're designed um, so that they are all linked together to the base profession, but they're also kind of independent. So if the Reaper balance, like if the Reaper trait line doesn't match the Ritualist trait line, like the next elite spec for the Necromancer, um, and if there was there was going to be some nasty interaction between them, there's never that concern. Right. Because you can never have them at the same time. Yeah. Which allows them to give these like crazy powerful, like different abilities and still expand. Yeah. It's Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, and especially after having seen it in practice in these beta events, I think that if they really do follow through and uh update these systems that they've made, I think they've made a lot of really smart design decisions for uh future proofing, you know, so that things don't get crazy out of hand so you know uh really very hopeful about all that stuff and and i think mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I i would say i am planning on definitely using the elite specializations on 50 percent of my professions do you have a percentage that you're thinking right off the bat spirit um i'm going to have them on 50 percent of my characters because i have 16 <laughs> characters and two of each so I'm just going to have, I'm going to load one up with uh, an elite spec, one of my two. As for ones that I'm actually going to play, um, I think it's going to be like a time will tell kind of thing. Part of, I, I'm i a big proponent of like play what you find fun, Yeah. Um, whether it's a non-meta build or whatever. Um, part of what I personally find fun is being very efficient at doing content, which is why I tend to play a lot of meta builds. Sure. So a lot of the things that I end up playing will will be determined by um, what I How do end up finding fun, <laughs> yeah, what I'm good at, what opportunities there are to use the things that I like. Sure. Um, currently, I'm still I'm still a little hesitant about like the Herald versus Guardian dynamic because um, mm. I definitely see the herald taking over guardian's role in term uh, in terms of like offensive support it's not it's not quite like the warrior and it, yeah it's it's revenant herald no sorry herald itself is in a weird spot between guardian and warrior 
and I think it could take either spot. And then it has also great synergy um, with a warrior or with a guardian, because if a guardian's defensive support, the herald can be offensive. If the warrior's offensive support, the herald can be defensive. Right. Uh, which is really ex- that is cool. Like there, it definitely fits in in between there. But I think herald is going to be preferred over guardian because of the the whole like damage being preferred over anything else. Yeah, but guardians know. also have some really powerful like like the reflecting and um. I don't know. I that's I mean that's a tough call because guardians have some really strong support also, but yeah, not, maybe not using all of the same support. That's true. yeah. I was thinking yeah. I don't know. This has been on my mind a lot because I'm a guardian main and I'm also really liking Harold and I'm just kind of I've been thinking about torn. you know what role each of them is going to take within a group and guardian definitely has condi removal that Harold just does not like yeah. that's you could kind of maybe go like a Malik's um Malik's glint herald and that could be interesting but I I don't think you can replace guardian for um for condi mitigation cuz guardian just has an insane amount. Oh, actually water Ellie is pretty darn close probably. Well, sure. But, I mean, uh, yeah, that's neither that, here nor there. That's that's a different. But uh but yeah. at the same time also I maybe maybe I'm behind but I don't think that um the Revenant has very much in the way of uh, like physical crowd controlling, which may become more important in Heart of Thorns than previously because of, you know, I feel like they're going to lean a little bit less on Defiant um, because of the way that the break bar works rather than mm-hmm. what it was. And also because of the mobs being a lot more difficult, but very few of them having break bars uh we may find a place where guardian's ability to lay down walls of you cannot pass and reflect walls and things like that still being extremely potent support and really nobody else can do those either they can do some of the reflects but uh guardian has a a much bigger you know plethora of those types of support and also like shield bubbles i mean they may they're they may get crowded out of their role of um boon boon support perhaps mm. but not necessarily total support so we'll we'll have to see um it will be interesting to find that out though i think that's all i've got though i mean we've we've gotten and meandered around quite a bit is there anything you wanted to touch on that we haven't i'm just trying to really rack my brain because they there there are so many things to talk about but at the same time so many things that we've already talked about a lot so mm-hmm. um it's gonna be it's gonna be really nice to have some new terrain to explore. I had so much fun in the betas, just flying and bouncing and like jumping and getting into crazy airship wrecks that were like hundreds of feet above me. I had so much fun with that, and I missed that so much. And these maps are so big; like we've only had access to maybe two thirds of one map, not even. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I talked about this, but in that little, you know, the, like, cave that Jungle Farron lives in right now? Vaguely, I actually haven't done a whole lot of exploring. Uh, yeah. I, I do know that Jungle Farron is a th- I think, I think I do know that one in particular, but I haven't done a lot of exploring in Vertebrink, so actually. So, there's actually caves under there, and if you go far enough, you get to the edge of the demo, but you actually get to see almost an entire map-sized map under the, in the same map that is underneath and is like a crazy like forest wow yeah like that i've never stepped foot in but i got like down in those caves and i like when i went to my map 
it was like a new layer lower than the map and it was this like at least it seemed based on the map that i, I was being shown like a huge amount of like floor of the forest that like you like go through some caves to get into like i mean these maps seem effing enormous uh yeah and yeah that like that like super excites me so uh i have to say i am really really digging the the new maps uh which is always which was definitely a sticking point for me um before before heart of thorns or like during both a sticking point during living story and the lack of new maps until season two which i again am very happy that they added and also the the language of season two when they or of, of heart of thorns when they said a region and we were like well how big's a region because like yeah the region of the maguma areas for the silvari and the asura is actually not that big but these maps are these i mean i don't i can't i guess i can't speak for the other maps but the literally only one map that we've spent three beta weekends in is huge and we haven't even seen all of it yet so that's really exciting to me i'm i'm super i'm super happy about that yeah, this is kind of tangential, but related to, like, we were talking about the future of the game. Um, one thing I was wondering is the jungle in particular really lends itself to having these giant multi-layer maps. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts about how they would tackle, like, the Crystal Desert, which is, you know, Very desert flat. typically? Uh, yeah, exactly. Or, like, large plains areas? Hmm. I mean, that's a good question. Um, I would say perhaps that they could do some really cool um buried civilization type stuff like mm. was in alona in some of those like the hidden city of uh i don't remember what it was actually called hidden city of like aldzim or whatever you know what i'm talking about with all yeah, the yeah I, I do yeah yeah like that's like that like that city is like underground and the crystal desert very much had this feeling of like the sands have like covered up all this sort of like lost civilization stuff and just the tips of these like like some of these huge statues are still around but like uh, also a bunch of stuff is buried how cool would it be if like the there was a meta event with like a shifting sandstorm and as time went on like different parts of the ruins were uncovered yeah. so like if you came in at one part of the hour there would be a totally different building available than like oh man yeah uh, and like, and you could go super deep, you know, and and it wouldn't be the yeah. same as this because you know, jumping in the treetops, obviously, it's vertical in a way that you can like fall between them. But you could also create a lot of amazingly cool places with like buried, lost cities of the gods and the ancients, and uh, you know, whatever. Um, uh, also, who knows? Because a lot of it's branded, so like, who knows what kind of crazy branded <laughs> crap? I mean, who? Knows? I don't know. Um, also potentially crystal desert could also extend down into alona some um you know or right. out further east where we've never been in gilders one or two um so you know i don't i don't know that this hugely vertical um thing is something that they're gonna continue forward in in new expansions or whatnot but the fact that they've done something so enormous and so unique and so cool like I, i'm sure they'll come up with something else if they're not going to use that same type of template um and i don't yeah. think they're going to try and shoehorn it in necessarily uh also who knows i mean maybe we could have like a packed version of the labyrinthine cliffs kite city like with tons of zephyrites and and all that stuff i um, miss that map so much i know me too uh oh yeah i mean you can go it's in uh dry top 
Oh. <laughs> um, I hope they put a festival there. I hope Dragon Bash or something or Lunar New Year's or something opens it up again. Yeah. So looking to the far future in terms of Expansion Pack 2, and of course, once again, just like to remind our listeners, there is literally no evidence that there will be an Expansion 2 other than the fact that, come on, there's got to be an Expansion 2. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come on, you know. Um, which Elder Dragon would you want us to fight, and which one do you think we would fight? And I guess the third sub-question of, do you think we would be fighting another Elder Dragon? But I feel like the answer is yes. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Um, I think it's fairly like, I think, I think any of them are fair game, right? Like, I think Arena Net could choose to go in any direction at any time, basically. Yeah. They've got enough open plot threads for all of them. Sure. Ex- except for maybe the Ocean Dragon. Yeah, because nobody likes underwater content. I mean, yeah. only a few schmoes have legendaries for it. <laughs> <laughs> the Cult of Kraken is now accepting. Um, mm-hmm. The... I have some cool ideas about the Ocean Dragon that I don't know that would necessarily translate well into game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually, I've got a real fear of deep water, um, which, you know, naturally I moved to a country surrounded by the ocean that you have to fly. Well, really, uh, a all dozen countries hours to get are surrounded of- by oceans if you go <laughs> far enough. Yeah, but I went from Wisconsin to New Zealand, which is a <laughs> drastic change in how much ocean is nearby. Fair. But anyway um yeah i've got a real fear of deep water and i so i've had some actually had a nightmare in which um i was deep deep underwater it was very dark and you know i couldn't see the surface very well and i couldn't see anything around there's like basically no points of reference and all of a sudden a giant shadow just moves under me that's like infinitely huge and you can't see anything else and that that moment really sticks out in my mind is something that could be really cool i don't think that would translate into game necessarily very well and the 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 problems of doing a largely underwater expansion um uh, would have to be circumvented in order to make it a good expansion like um actually hunter brought up earlier today we don't even know really i don't maybe some people know i haven't certainly explored at all what elite specs have for underwater stuff uh, um, a lot of them have nothing that's yeah that's kind of what i i gathered or what I was thinking. I Basically, I said along the lines of, if it's a skill type that probably works already underwater, it probably will. But if it's a new skill type, it probably won't. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that that's another thing that would have to There's some considerations, considerations for, for underwater yeah. that I really wish they would just make a hard stance on and just say, it just works this way, even though it's not really the same as above water. Like, right. Yeah, anyway. Um Okay, so, but did you, so, they're all fair game. Which one would you want to fight next? And, or, which region of the world would you want to go to next? Because that's correlated. Um, maybe Bubbles? I really, really, really want to go back to Cantha. I know that's not maybe on ArenaNet's radar, but I just, what about the potential sonar? for, like, the, <laughs> the potential uh, I see for cool, um, like gameplay potentials in Cantha and my fondness for the uh what would you call it like Ambiance. I guess the environment I really I find Kainang City a really inspiring and unique um, MMO environment like uh, the the sprawling city 
Um, I think it would be amazing with the Z-axis, the Jade Sea. Um, Which is no longer uh, it, Jade. Yeah, I mean, so you've got the, the underwater combat there, um, the different factions going Although on, and like, like, the lore of it. really sweet, like, Jade icebergs, in air quotes, of, like, yeah. where it's partially turned to... Yeah, and, um, like, in, in the the Echovald forest, there's all, there's, I mean, it's just as vertical as the jungle, right? You can have mm-hmm. Kurzix up in the trees and fantastic giant tree jumping puzzles and the majestic cathedrals and stuff. Yeah. Um, there is a reason that Factions was my favorite campaign, and it, it's not just a nostalgia thing. Like, I want to go back to Cantha. Like, I, I do really see, um, some excellent tie-ins to Guild Wars 2. So if, if Fighting Bubbles took us to Cantha, what, if any dragon, if it was Pribartus, and if any dragon took us to Cantha, that's the one I want to fight. I'll just put it that way. Um, from a dragon, like, which one I think is most interesting perspective, um, Kral Katorik definitely has the most established lore and the most um, personal tie to me as a player right now. But they could easily set that up with Pribartus or whoever's left. Uh, one thing I do want to say is I think at some point, Maybe not, but I think at some point um, we'll have to have some kind of escalation, right? Because like we've been fighting one dragon at a time or whatever. Something. My prediction is that something is going to happen. Like either the dragons will suck up power of another dragon, or even there will be an expansion where we fight two dragons at the same time. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there was like that kind of that whole concept of killing Zaitan, like maybe empowered or unbalanced things towards Mordremoth. Remember that from mm-hmm. all those like images that we saw of the like paired colors and all those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope they. Yeah. I hope like in that line of thinking, I hope they address that at some point. Like the the effect that that killing the elder dragons is having on the world, and whether like I hope there's a moral point where we decide whether it's a good thing to be doing or not. Whether well, it's think, worth it to empower the other I, dragons. I think it's too late to turn really? back now. At only one. At only one dead, you think it's too late? Well, I assume we can just make kill. another one. I, I mean, we're gonna kill Mordmoth. Yeah. So I mean, after two, it's too late. <laughs> like okay. Also, don't Fair you enough. don't you dare mention Cormier. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Glory hogging, blind, useless lady, stupid. That's mm, no, okay. Um, I don't actually hate Cormier that much compared to a lot of people, apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's. I mean. From a from a lore type standpoint, uh, I agree with you. I don't know from a logistical standpoint if that's something that they would be open or able to do or address. And I feel like the most uh, effective way to demonstrate that is something that will probably never happen, which is a cataclysm style, like crazy effing up all of the like other all of the existing zones as like say. You know, maybe the bubbles expansion would not be that we go diving underwater, but that bubbles raises the sea level and like floods a crap load of stuff partially. So there's like a whole bunch of extra underwater content. But like the amount of work that would take is like insane. And then there's also all of the problems of like what about new players and all those things. Or like Promortis, like, you know, erupts some volcanoes everywhere and like friggin you know i mean yeah the the type of stuff that would be really cool for that kind of crazy escalation especially with some of the dragons that we have left 
would be really awesome, but I I think uh, the amount of effort involved in doing it and or the potential ramifications on new players make them a lot less likely than just finding new areas. So, unfortunately, being pragmatic. Um, mm -hmm. As for my answer, I think probably Krakatoric, I would hope, is next because the Crystal Desert was a very unique landscape for them and unlike anything we really have in game aside from maybe sort of dry top and uh silver wastes and uh i mean there was this sort of name drop reference when the pact fleet when you were sort of like hey we need to go deal with mordroth right effing now like they're like well we're gonna mm -hmm. go fight kralkatoric and you're like yeah well too bad like get over here um so i feel like they're kind of hinting towards that sort of anyway uh i mean of course that could just be throwaway dialogue that's you know explaining what the pact is up to but um the cool thing i would think with primordis would be that we maybe get to see a whole bunch more dwarven architecture because i loved the dwarven stuff underground in eye of the north like those those buildings like the mines yeah. of moria style like huge caves with crystals and like giant you know ornate buildings like in the rock like that stuff was super cool, and we could see some like like the lost the lost Rotasum of, of like original or whatever it was like one point right, yeah. that they like Primordus has a lot of like really awesome Guild Wars one or tieback from Guild Wars two stuff that that could be like discovered, um, and also maybe could go north upwards sort of towards the Isle of Janthir, like because I mean Primordus was sort of everywhere, I don't like because Underground's sort of everywhere. But I feel like one of the most interesting angles they could do with, with both Primordus and Krakatoric is sort of this like lost ancient civilizations that have like that were lost before the dragons or shortly after them. You know, Krakatoric would be before the, before, but Primordus like displaced the entire Asura race and the whole dwarven race and all of those things. So that could be a cool excuse to like introduce some really an another type of very different architecture and zone types by exploring these like lost and now infested civilizations or whatever. So, yeah, we'll see. <sighs> wow. See, and here I was thinking like maybe we're gonna do a twenty minuter <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, we're like, ah, oh, we don't have much to talk about. We'll just do like a mini episode or something. Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, we but just, then as soon as you talk about feeling. retrospective, like. Mm. <laughs> I could still talk about that for hours. Anyway, um, I think it's time to start wrapping up, though. You want to start? I have one. I have one tiny question before we do that. I just really wanted to ask. Um, what is one tiny, like, not game breaking or anything, like, not big at all? Just like one minor thing you want to see in Heart of Thorns. It could be a lore thing, an NPC, um, just something that would really tickle your fancy. Hmm. Like, I can tell you mine if you want. Yeah, tell me yours while I think about it. Okay, I really want um, I want to see NPCs learning to use elite specializations and struggling at it and maybe giving up. Like, I want a Tempest who picks up a Warhorn and he's like, I don't know if this is a thing. And he like, and he starts blowing bubbles out of it, and then it just kind of like melts in his hand. And he goes, I don't, I don't know if Tempest does for me. I would really love to see. Um, NPCs learning learning to use different things and maybe not being the best at it. Okay, I'm going to give you two answers, one that's related to that because I sort of my first thought was sort of related to NPCs with specializations and then one that's uh, another really small thing. I want to see gem store skins for gliders um that are super cool. Uh 
I, I don't know what they would be, but I want to see them. It'd be cool, especially if they had a way to incorporate um, certain backslot items that you have, like, say, any of the wing skins or the um, uh, the red, green, or blue uh, scarlet back piece things, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that'd be so cool if they, like, turned into helicopters or something. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, anyway, I think that would be super cool. Um, and so that would, that would, that's, like, sort of the more unique one. And in terms of NPCs uh, learning new the elite specializations and stuff like that i um i guess this is not exactly in heart of thorns but i would hope i would like to see in living story going forward again assuming that we ever get living story again which i think it's fair to say we probably will um would be for you know maybe six months down the line maybe some uh changes to start happening in the uh, that first map, like the the ruined areas, like Jungle Farren, like establishing a jungle outpost that is more beefed up, um, like those types of things that sort of evolve the maps a little bit because of the fact that they're sort of they sort of have like their own timeline, and that's sort of asynchronous from the rest of Tyria. That's sort of timeless for the most part. I mean, not completely, but do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the, I mean I guess Dry Top is also in a similar concept like it's always at a crash but uh, i would love to see like some some slight restructuring of some of the like content hubs uh via living story and also a similar thing to what we had uh, leading up to this which i thought was very smart which was npcs that you know basically developing or getting hints towards the elite specializations before we even knew that they existed a la Marjorie with uh, the Great Sword. Um, uh, there were a couple others, I feel like, but maybe I, I can't quite remember. But I feel like there were a couple that were sort of like hints at things that were going to come, and I think that would be really cool if they continued that towards theoretical expansion two and or elite specialization set two or whatever. Um, so those those would be the little things. But I think the main one I'm going to say is like awesome glider skins because that would be sick. <laughs> <laughs> so. also pity parachutes i keep telling people that uh as soon as hard like i already do it from the beta but as soon as hard thorns comes out we're going to be jumping off cliffs all the time expecting to live um so i'm organizing a a petition called Tyrians for pity parachute uh where in the normal world when you jump off a cliff you just go straight down but slower so you don't die <laughs> feather fall or just like, or like a comical deploying shoot that like deploys right before you land and magically saves you, so that way you wouldn't <laughs> get like more horizontal distance out of your jumps. Yep. Yeah. Uh. So okay, are we ready for Cast Cast now? Yes, we're ready for Cast Cast. All right, get at it. Hello and welcome to Cast Cast, the podcast within the podcast, but the cast of other podcasts in the style cast of other podcasts. This week on Cast Cast, I'm looking Christian directly in the eye and <laughs> saying that he looks very intimidated. Um. <laughs> I've actually got a lot of stuff on Cascast this week. I got a bunch of questions last week about whether Relics is accepting people and whether you guys are welcome. And absolutely, you guys are welcome. Um, all you hey, don't listen to her. A She's a liar. <laughs> Get out. No, I'm just <laughs> um, all you have to do is send me a message in game or leave a message on our forums and I'll get you a guild invite. Make sure you, if you want a guild invite, um, just make sure you leave your character name so I can get you in as soon as possible. Otherwise, I just have to send you asking for your character name. Um, but yeah, we'd, we'd love to have people. We've been growing a lot. There's um, maybe 12 or so people in the last couple of weeks have joined um, off listening to the show. 
oh. and just in general. Well, that's so exciting. we've been yeah, I love it. I love seeing all the new people, and it's it's wonderful to talk to everyone. And on that note, um, I'm going to be really excited that we'll be able to do multi-guild chat, because hallelujah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That is, oh man, that is like one of the most exciting things for me about uh, next week. You know, I remember. Because it is next week. I, yeah, I remember bef- like way back three years ago, before launch, when they said that you could join five guilds, that I said, man, it would be really sweet if you could do multi-guild chat and you could do it sort of like a Twitter system where you did like at and then started the guild name and it would just autocomplete because it knew which guilds you belong to or like at G1 or whatever. Uh, and then being really sad that they didn't have anything like that. And so, yay, it's coming. Anyway. Yeah, other than that, um, Pink Day in LA is coming up October 17th. That is five days from now. Six, six days. days from now. New Zealand is the thing. Yeah, um, but probably five yeah. days from now because this will come out tomorrow. Or, you know, whatever. Soon. soon. It is happening very soon. Yes. Within the week, yeah. if you will. Other than that, um, we've October got October 17th, a... North America time, for reference. That part hasn't yeah. changed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got a... If you enjoyed our co-podcast with Guild Wars Reporter, we have another one coming up next week. I'm not sure by next what... next week, it's worth clarifying because some people have confusion with that. What we actually mean is a week from this coming Wednesday, which is going to be on the 21st. In North America time. That will be live streamed if you want to join us. We will be tweeting out the links and such. Um, We had a... Go ahead. I was just going to say, and because of that, and because of the fact that we're not really expecting anything like major news-wise this upcoming week, uh, we're going to be skipping our own podcast on a week from now, the Sunday, because that'll just be a couple days before the Guild Wars Reporter one, and we would probably be treading a lot of the same ground. And, you know, we're busy with Heart of Thorns, you know, whatever other planning stuff. So uh, basically, the next time you'll be able to hear our lovely voices is 10 days from now, not uh, seven. Right. Uh, other than that, oh, um, our Redbubble store is up. It's got a couple designs on it. I was going to put a couple more designs up on there, um, but they used Commander Tag and ArenaNet said no. So I'm still working on expanding the selection on there, but I just wanted people to know in advance um, that one of the things I want to do is I want to buy a few stickers and things off there to give away. Um, and I will be giving those away to people who send us mail uh, or an email at relicsfor at gmail.com. It can be a question. Um, I will have a specific prompt um, soon when we have more designs up there. But um, I will start accepting entries now. So if you email us between now and whenever I have stuff to give away, you will be eligible for stickers and or things off our Redbubble. And I will probably write you a nice thank you note, too. <laughs> yep, indeed. Uh, which, not not to end on a sour note, but it does drive me a little bit crazy that Anet does not do very much merchandising at all. Because it's also in a frustrating state where we can't merchandise using any of their stuff, but they also don't sell anything with any of their stuff. A little bit of a pet yeah. peeve. Because that design was, like, off the off the hook awesome, so... I'm, I'm still trying salty. to figure out a way, because I think we can still use it if we don't profit off of it, so I'm still trying to figure out a way to make it more available. I don't know that we can because we uh, don't can own we not? it. I well, just because right. it's yeah. I mean, it's a trademark thing. Like, 
I, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I actually think we're pretty much just SOL on that front. So. Well, then you'll never see it, but it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but it is exciting to have our store up. And also, uh, thanks to uh, Alona from Guild Wars Reporter for helping us out with some colorizing stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the uh, some form of juice cast is what the next episode is going to be named, probably. And I can neither confirm nor deny that alcohol will be involved, but probably confirm. Uh, so, plus I don't have to host it, so, yeah. Exciting. Anyway, uh, thanks for sticking with us, and we are 12 days, 11, 12 days and counting. Uh, so, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, we will be back in 10 days. This has been another episode of Relics of Ore. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofore.com, email us at relicsofore at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve. <laughs>